looking back at some old videos, Leah, and one of the first things that you did acting was a Burger King Christmas video. And we were totally blown away by this. It was you, Elizabeth Shue, and Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, they had a really good casting director. That same casting director also cast Meg Ryan in oh, the commercial. That's awesome. So, Who was that? Who I was don't that? know. <laughs> All of us were completely unknown. And Elizabeth Shue and I used to have to, um, we were good friends. I mean, she was a cool chick. We were both really cool chicks. I mean, like I, I, I hid my hair so I looked like I'd have a different hairdo, like I'd have a short like Dorothy Hamill thing. I was embarrassed. And, um, and they used to make uh, uh, Lisa, or her, that's what you call her, Lisa and I do the same commercial and to decide who they wanted better, who they thought was better. So they, we'd watch the other one do the exact same commercial for a hundred takes. Then they'd put me in and do a hundred takes. So Lisa and I got really sick of this. And so one day we were like, you know what? There's a McDonald's across the street. We're going to go over there and get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You could find them at sonicloans.com. Max, Valentine's Day is a special day, and nothing says Valentine's Day like the movie Some Kind of Wonderful and in a heart-shaped box, an incredible mortgage percentage from Sonic Loans. Sonic Loans is your partner in crime. They're going to make, well, not really crime, I guess, but they're going to make sure no. you get the best rate. They're protecting you. They're taking care of you. They're nurturing you. They're going to make sure if you want to go buy diamond earrings for uh, Amanda Jones, and they're going to say, <laughs> let's get you a low percent and get you into a house. Yeah. Refinance, new mortgage, whatever you're looking for, they're the place to go. Charlie and his team of experts are going to make sure you get the lowest price, the best rate, and that you don't get gouged by these add-ons that happen at close. Sonic Loans is the place to go. Reach out to him today. Let them know that Buzz in the Tower sent you because they are some kind of wonderful. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. For a free consultation, call 248-595-0001. Above and beyond everything else, Bolton Legal Group is going to make sure that you are taken care of. That yeah, if Hardy Jens beats you up. Yeah, if you need to sue someone for being beaten up, if you set off a smoke alarm or fire a alarm. fire alarm excuse me, at a school, these are all uh, chargeable offenses. And I understand Keith's head was in the right place, but breaking and entering, going into that museum. Yeah, a lot of things do some serious wrong. time for that. Bird law, um, real estate law, love law. You know what love law is? Divorce law. But you need the best attorneys. Bolton Legal Group has them. Reach out to Ian and his team today. They, they are there to make sure that you don't get hurt by the system. 
They are some kind of one. This theme here, you get it? They're some kind of wonderful attorneys. Tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you today and get to work on the best legal case you've ever had. Today's episode, Some Kind of Wonderful, with special guests Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch. A wise woman once told her love-stricken friend, don't go mistaken paradise for a pair of legs. The legs she was referring to belonged to Amanda Jones, played by Leah Thompson. The advice was given by Watts, played by Mary Stuart Masterson, and the reluctant recipient of the sage warning was Keith, played by Eric Stoltz. Some Kind of Wonderful was more than a movie. It was a love sonnet penned by John Hughes and directed by Howard Deutsch. It checked all the boxes. Teen angst, love, jealousy, a bratty little sister, a handsome jerk boyfriend. The movie had it all. And today on Buzz in the Tower, with the help of two very special guests, Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch, we're going to deep dive into one of our favorite flicks, Some Kind of Wonderful. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the hearty gens to my Keith Nelson, Max Sanders. And with that, down and down she goes, our Amanda Jones. You look good wearing my future, buddy. I can do a lot of singing, but the Rolling Stones, not so much. No? Paint you it black? can't always get what you want. That's okay. It's not bad. But if you try sometime. Get what you need? You might just find. You get Max Sanders. <laughs> that's not what you need, though. That is what I, that's what I need. No, what, what, you got, what you need is what you got today. I need you. We got sustenance. I need you, Tommy boy. <laughs> we got sustenance through our soul. Max. Humanity is great. As you've, get, as you've always been told. I was going to say God is good, but God, isn't that what say terrorists say, say before say they blow that. stuff up? Don't, please God don't. is great. Oh, Jesus. Don't do that. Oh, no. Max, it's these type of episodes that put me over the edge. We are on, on the cusp, on the precipice of having Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch on our show. Yee! Will they show up? We don't know. But We've been burned. We're sitting here looking at a Zoom room. Waiting Zoom for room, the Zoom room, Zoom room, waiting for a doorbell to Maybe, ring. Baby. And I am very nervous because, as is the case with all celebrities we have on the show, you just never know. Although, can I we say the one that burned us? No, come on, I'm not ready to talk about it. It's too soon. We said my bar, bar's name. No, it's too soon. He might come back one day. We can't. I'm waiting. <laughs> I don't for know him. if I want him. He dear, he dear John does. His Instagram is terrifying. Right, well, that's now we're definitely not going to say who he is. Okay, before we dive any deeper into this, let me remind everyone who's listening. And also welcome to the show, Max. Thank Hello. you very much. If this is your first time to Buzz in the Tower, head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, any podcast player you use. Subscribe, leave a review, leave five stars. If you need more content, which I know you're gonna, head over to social media at Buzz in the Tower. Go to our website, buzzinthetower.com, or join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tower, where you can support Amanda Jones and Max and myself. Yeah, all of us. And Watts. Don't forget Watts. Max, who are my two biggest crushes of all time from 80s movies? Elizabeth Shue. God, it's Karate Kid Elizabeth Shue, right? Correct. Okay. And then it's Watts from Some Kind of Wonderful. Mary Stewart Masterson. How come, by the way? Is it the attitude? I don't know what it is. Is it the blonde? Like, is it the crew cut? Well, she's gorgeous, but there's something about her in this movie. I think it's her vulnerability and that she overcomes her inability to kind of share that she's in love with Keith and then she does and there's something that. So you want to be Keith? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what I I want. I'm all emotionally (laughs) confused right now because the only person I love more than those two ladies is Howard Deutsch. Howard Deutsch, the the episode today, we don't know where it's going to go. We're just sitting here. Biding time until our two guests come. It's so nerve wracking. And we could talk about some kind of wonderful. But if we get enough time out of Leah and Howie, they're going to tell us they'll talk about it. So I'll give you this the the quick version. You and I both agree. Some kind of wonderful is probably our favorite romantic drama. I don't know if I call it a rom-com. I'd say coming of age, right? It's it's um, isn't it because they like they're learning to be adults. No, Goonies and uh, Stand By Me. Is there a teen coming of age thing? I think this is more just it's a romantic drama. Got it. It's got comedic parts, but it's a a romantic drama, a a rama drama. (laughs) But it's one of my favorites, and I think in large part, I'm a huge Eric Stoltz fan, and I I don't mind that he is removed from Back to the Future. He wasn't right for Back to the Future, but this is the movie he's right for. It's more somber. He's this outsider. He's this loner. He's this artist. He's awkward. He's weird. He's Crispin Glover. But Eric not, Stoltz and Crispin Glover give me the same vibe. Yeah, he is stunningly good looking, in and he's movie. more handsome. Yes, he is. Way more, he's very handsome. Like very handsome. His quietness and the mechanic of it. His hands absolutely, are dirty. Absolutely, like, absolutely. If I was a girl in the eighties, I would swoon. Well, you're a, a girl in the two thousand twenties, and you swoon. And the red hair that he's unique in to- that too, right? I agree. Yeah. And, and then 
Leah Thompson, who you can't talk about the 80s without talking about Elizabeth Shue, Molly Ringwald, or Leah Thompson. Yep. I mean, that's that's your triple that's crown. A that's your triple crown. Yep. Mary Stuart Masterson perfectly rounds out this cast. And you've got other people in it, too. you got uh, Bogomil. John Danny, Ashton. Who does great as the father, as Keith's father. He's really good. Uh, but, but by the way, do you know who, uh, who debuted in this movie? Who? It's going to blow your mind. Who debuted? Tell me. So, you know his little sister, Cindy Nelson? I do know exactly who is. Kirk Cameron's little sister. It's DJ Tanner from Full House. Yeah, that's Kirk Cameron's little sister, bro. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that's Candace Cameron. Well, she's not like Christian weird like you. Show me that smile. Yeah. Uh, show me that smile. Just kidding. She wasn't in that. But Kirk Cameron was. Was that step by step? No, that's no, growing pains. Growing pains. Yeah. Don't waste another minute <laughs> on your crying. crying. You know when you, you know when Leonardo DiCaprio's best acting performance. You're a Leonardo DiCaprio. He probably dates Caprio. women the same age as he did back then. It's a terrible thing to say about Leo. Uh, Max, Max, because... Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait. Everybody just calm down! Max, let's uh, let our friends in and get rolling. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you, sir? Good, how are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you uh, so much for making time to hang out with us. Hi, Leah. I don't know if we officially said hi, but thank you so much for joining us today as well. Hi. Pleasure. Um, <laughs> so we we know you guys are tight on time. So I, I normally would try to spend literally as much time as possible just getting to know you because this is a dream come true for both of us, which sounds so terribly lame, but it's the honest to God truth. It is. Uh, we, we've been doing this for two years and we don't go a week without gushing over the great outdoors or pretty in pink or max's favorite film howard the duck which i know you're gonna laugh and think we're lying but it's honestly like his favorite film. seriously yeah so my, my birthday gift this year was we got to talk about it for an hour and a half yeah that was my birthday gift it was <laughs> oh my god that's amazing he's he's there is no bigger fan of the cherry bombs in the world than this guy right here so uh if you ever want to send him a signed album he would he would put it in a frame he would love it seriously I I'll I'll do I'll do I'll do some singing for you later. Oh yeah. my god! That's, please, that's thank un- you. Unbelievable! That'd yeah. be great. No, <laughs> finding the YouTube clips of you practicing was one of my favorite. Uh, we do TikToks all the time. That was one of my favorite ones of watching you practice. Oh gosh, I know it's, it's weird how some stuff comes up. I think I saw that. Yeah, I worked really hard because I learned all the finger. You know, I learned, yeah. it, I learned it all, and um, it was uh, fun. And that guitar is very heavy. The guitar they did, told me to use, and I still have it. It's a Les Paul. Yeah. That last scene is when I'm on the treadmill and I have five minutes left and I can't keep going. I put on the Howard the Duck music video at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a longer version of that. Like, um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a there's a what, what, what was it? It was like a 18 inch. It's very, very rare. Yeah. It's got a lot more of um, what was his name? George Clinton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the P-Funk All-Stars. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I have a copy of it. I had asked Thomas Dolby if he had a digital copy of it, and he was like, no. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really rather cool. Oh, that's, all, that's awesome. How did he say it? How, what? How did uh, Thomas Dolby say it? No. <laughs> I feel like you do a good imitation, and we're not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in opposite ends of the uh the world. I'm in Vancouver and how he's in Atlanta. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. Where are y'all at? Michigan. Uh, born in, well, actually not born and bred. Max is originally from Boston and I'm a, a lifer. I've lived in Michigan my whole life and we met each other bartending on the University of Michigan's campus and we've just been good friends ever since. And then when COVID hit a couple of years ago, bar shut down for Max. So we got together and started trying to bring a little joy to the world by talking about the best decade of film ever, which is the 1980s. Right. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's do it. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, um, again, let me just start by thanking both of you for coming on the show today. So, Howard, I'll start with you. The whole show today is talking about some kind of wonderful, which I assume every Valentine's Day has to be the topic of conversation in your home since it is what brought this wonderful marriage together. But even before that, Pretty in Pink, one of Max and I's favorite movies, The Replacements. Um, and we could talk forever about uh, Gene Hackman and 
and Shane Falco, and Shane Falco, and yeah. Keanu Reeves. Um, also, I, I noticed we were looking up some of your work in history. Big Love that you had directed some episodes of that. That is a show that we both absolutely loved with Bill, uh, the, the late and great Bill Paxton. Just a prolific career throughout your entire life, but specifically in the eighties. And then Leah, you are the eighties, my friend. You are. I mean, they can't have. We wouldn't have a podcast between the two of you if you didn't exist, but. Jaws 3D, which we love, all the right moves with my um with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, thank yeah. you. Uh, Red Dawn, Back to the Future, obviously. Space Camp, Joaquin Phoenix, The Little Robot. I, we just love Space Camp. Some kind of wonderful, and then a movie out of the '80s. But I just have to tell you that I love Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know if anybody ever brings it up with you, but we, it's I, I love Jed Clampett. Anything Jed Clampett, I'm on board for. Uh, so all of my love and gushing aside, what we love to talk with you about today is kind of twofold. Number one, your love story. This is our Valentine's Day episode. And, you know, I think being married as long as you both have is an incredible accomplishment in any walk of life, let alone in Hollywood. It's very rare. And I'd like to think that one of the most beautiful romantic movies ever made played a role in why you guys have this beautiful romantic marriage. But anything you'd love to share with us about that. And then the second part is just hearing about the experience on some kind of wonderful, which I I really view as being one of the best. I don't even want to call it a rom-com. It's probably more of a romantic drama with a little bit of comedy, but I think one of the best ones in the era. So let's start with the gushy stuff. Tell us how much you guys love each other. <laughs> oh, I love you, honey. Happy Valentine's Day. I miss you. Oh. I wish I was with you. Oh, I did. I I love woo. I love woo. <laughs> That's what our dog does. <laughs> um. Well, I was engaged when I did uh, some kind of wonderful, and um, you know, Howie was like an authority figure. Even though, you know, I was 25 or something like that. He was like, you know, the director. And um, so I, I didn't really think about dating him. But, you know, when as the movie got along, I just, I, I don't know. We just had this thing. I just, I don't know how he is so funny. And I, he, I just, you know, started to kind of fall for him during the uh, filming. But we waited, you know, till after the movie was done to start dating but he, i knew he had a crush on me right honey your turn <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away what was, what, was, it, was yeah. it was it the paintings was it the paintings during the movie that gave it away <laughs> no, it was, well it was me walking around with my tongue out yeah no i definitely but i you know the, every time we talk about this uh, and people find out Leah was engaged to Dennis Quaid, who was a very big movie star at the time. Um, I uh, and I'm Howie, you know. So like, you know, come on, there's no contest there. So I didn't even really ever feel that that was in the cards, you know. And and I don't know anybody I've told the story to who can blame me for feeling that way. But so it was it was just that kind of you know magical uh, lucky me kind of moment because. Uh, she took on the project of <laughs> trying to make me into a person. And so this is what happened. You know, a lot of a lot of people get into this business for different reasons. But part of what happened for me is it was a way not to think about real life. So the irony is if you're busy enough, which you usually are as a director, and it's, I'm not getting, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but that I, you know, to fall in love with Leah in the midst of trying not to think about real life is kind of ironic because trying to escape from real life and here i was the biggest thing in real life is falling in love so that's kind of what happened to me here and in, and and years later i kind of think unconsciously not aware at the time but subconsciously it was uh, uh you know like i say on subconsciously at the time i wasn't aware of it but now i can see that a lot of that was uh, the movie was feeding me because of what it was about and i was giving it back so it was that kind of experience well, that's fantastic. We, I, Leah, one of the things that when researching and looking into some kind of wonderful that we saw, I know there was a, quite a few iterations of the script and that you had originally seen it and then it came back to you, which Max and I laughed about how uh, I think I saw an interview where you said because of Howard the Duck and what happened on the opening weekend, you were like, I, I'm going to do this. I need to get I need to shift pretty quickly. Um, but one of the things I loved is and it, correct me if I'm wrong that you brought a lot of your own perspective to the character and the evolution of that character from being the damsel in distress to moving out of that and being alone and being more independent and being okay. I think the quote at the end is 
be alone for the right reason than be with someone for the wrong reason. And mm-hmm. I, I think it, for us in a large part, we watch so many 80s movies. This is what we do, right? We have no lives. We just watch 80s movies. But that's a very rare and unique perspective at that time for those types of films. Did you know at the time that that was kind of going against the grain and that it was going to be such a, a kind of like a powerful you guys have two wonderful daughters. I would suspect this is one of those rare movies that you kind of feel good about them seeing. You're like, this is a really good message. I would want you to see this. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about even about John Hughes movies is a lot of them don't hold up. A few of them really don't don't hold up. And I think this movie really holds up like all all across the board. It holds up. I think the music, the hair, the costumes, like yeah. everything is still kind of cool. And, um, you know, the opening sequence that Howie did as a director, I, I, I think that opening sequence with the that music is incredible. All the whole the whole soundtrack is great. And also the message that it gave was is is also one. And the reason um, just to kind of make it short for your listeners, um, how we wanted me for some kind of wonderful and it was a, a very different script. It was more of a comedy. And um, I had Howard the Duck coming out and I didn't want to do it because I knew that the other girl's part was better and the drummer girl part was better. Yep, and I lots. was like, yeah, yeah, it's his biggest crush of the 80s. By the way. What yeah. do I need to do the other part? You know, so then I turned it down and Howie cast some other people and then Howie quit the movie and they got a different director and she hired Howie. Correct me if I'm wrong. She hired Eric and a couple other actors. Then that director fell away and then Howie came back and he replaced Kim Delaney. I mm-hmm. think I, he 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 got um, fired is the word, I guess. Kim Delaney uh, and Kyle McLaughlin, was that? Yep, Howie? that was. And, um, and, and so he needed to, he asked me again. Eric came, bicycled up Laurel Canyon. Well, Eric, and, you were, and you were Eric were friends, right? So I think he, yeah, yeah he knew you were perfect for it. Well, H- Howie asked him, right? Howie, didn't you ask Eric to give me the script? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like high school. You know, I said, can you tell your, tell Leah to do this? Did you give her a little piece of paper that says, do you like me? Circle yes or no. And you had it. Yes. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> but it was very, very hard for me because I was like shivering in my house from the horrible reviews of Howard the Duck. And I was like, I just got to get back on the horse. And so I said, yes. And I remember the, that first day shooting in that Jeep, Howie, and the and crew people were like snickering at me. And I was like crying and it was really, it was really a weird moment in history for me. But. Well, she had gone from, you know, Back to the Future, which is the perfect movie, maybe mm-hmm. the biggest, one of the biggest of all time, to a movie that didn't, you know, was not, uh, didn't do well uh, at all at the beginning. At, in time, it has, you know, but at the time, it was such a uh, radical difference. So, um, yeah, it was a hard first day. Does that kind of yeah. does that kind of fill your cup a little bit, Leah, that now years later, Howard the Duck has just a cult following of people that adore it and it's appreciated in a very different light? Or is it still kind of a, a scar that will never heal? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure the trajectory of my career would have been different if that would would. It really was. I mean, I, I read it made like it totally made its money back mm-hmm. and they're still yeah. releasing new DVDs like 4H, double K, <laughs> wide screen, whatever. <laughs> they keep spending the money to release something new. And um, so at the time, yes, I, I probably would have had a, a stronger movie career that would have lasted a little bit longer than it did uh, if that movie hadn't been um a dog bomb disaster, as they they're called. <laughs> don't just don't so cry. It's okay, Max. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but it was easy to make fun of it. Sure. You know, sure. Disaster. You know, it was just an easy headline. Um, but no, I love my Howard the Duck fans. They're the best, and I, uh, you know, like there's a lot on the internet where I'm <laughs> been trying to make. On different Howard the Duck, I've been trying to get Marvel to let me shoot the Howard. We the Duck saw movie. that, which we would love. What, what, whatever we can do to support that, send us the the petition and we'll sign it. Yeah. I think that would be, I think be amazing. Absolutely. I got Reddit boards. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, they know I, I want to do it. I've even been in there to pitch it. So, um, you know, who knows? It could happen. Well, that'd be great. Um, I could bring together the fans of the comic book and the fans of the movie and bring them together. That's, and that's so awesome. I, 
So anyway, but, you know, without Howard the Duck, I wouldn't have met Howard the husband. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's yeah. a great way of saying it. So, so Howard, one question uh, that we both had, and I know we wanted to talk a lot about some kind of wonderful, but it's also really hard just to focus on that because between the two of you, like I said, so many wonderful opportunities to discuss the culture of the 80s. You obviously are tied to a lot of the work of John Hughes, but one of the interesting things for us is as we go through the movies that we love the most, we fall on a lot of movies that you were directing, like your your vision and your voice and how you shot it um, is distinctively different from from John and not in a bad or good way. It's just different. And our favorites fit into that bucket of, you know, Pretty in Pink, The Great Outdoors, some kind of wonderful we, we constantly rank those quite a bit higher in our minds. You and want to be Chet Ridley. I, Chet Ridley yeah. is, I I have three young children and I have modeled my entire life as a parent off of being Chet Ridley. <laughs> Actually, I, I have a really unhealthy obsession with a lot of the films that you've directed. My number one crush of all time is Mary Stewart Masterson Watts from this movie. She's wonderful in this. Uh, and, and Leah, I probably would have said you were too. I just thought it was weird on a Valentine's Day show with your husband there to say that. But we'll, we'll just assume you're on the list somewhere. And <clears throat> Elizabeth Shue. But the reason that I bring up th- this question for you, uh, Howard, is do you feel like there's enough separation? Have you have you felt like it kind of you you get tied too closely to the John stuff? Or at least can you see? Because I, I guess I would give you the compliment and say it is very different and it feels very different. Your work is distinguishable and, and we really enjoy it. And I just hope that's something you've been able to see in your career as well, because I would assume just like poor Max is always stuck with Mo in front of him. It's like, you know, we, we like separation sometimes in the two names and it doesn't always happen. <laughs> What's the result of that? Are you, do, you, do you feel jealous of one another? I'm a Scotty, I'm a Scotty I, Pippen. I'm yeah. good being the sidekick. You know what I mean? If I had to talk as long as Mo did, I would get nervous and probably have a panic attack. So I, I'm good in my spot. He's being yeah. nice. I've emotionally damaged him beyond repair. It's really been rough on him. But um, but at least in your case, uh, like I said, some real great standalone work. How was that navigating for you? Just well, the not, being attached? not that different from you and you guys. I was kind of Scotty Pippen because... You know, he was such a had such he was such a force and um, and a great writer. And mm-hmm. uh, I had not done a movie. So he gave me my break, you know, and and it, if not for him, I wouldn't get that break. And he fought for me. because there was a lot of people who you know didn't want me to do the movie. Um, and uh, so, uh, yes, it's nice. It's, it's very nice to hear that, you know, recognize some of my own stuff uh, and different from John directorially, but also, you know, he his writing and those characters were so distinctive and separate and apart from anything anybody's done in that genre that I you know I still don't feel that uh, I don't feel that bad about being his doppelganger or whatever like you want or his Scotty Pippen or whatever they say I used to and that's why I started doing my own stuff so I felt compelled to mm-hmm. but it, 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 all these years later you know I was lucky to get the chance. That's great. That's a that's a wonderful attitude. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, I I don't know if you remember this. I assume you remember it, but I made the comment about how you know, my hierarchy of early crushes, Elizabeth Shoes on that list. We were looking back at some old videos, Leah, and one of the first things that you did acting was a Burger King Christmas video. And we were totally blown away by this. It was you, Elizabeth Shoe, and Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, they had a really good casting director. That same casting director also cast Meg Ryan. In oh, the commercial. That's awesome. So, Who yes, was that? Who I was don't that? know. <laughs> All of us were completely unknown. And Elizabeth Shue and I used to have to, um, we were good friends. I mean, she was a cool chick. We were both really cool chicks. I mean, like I I I hid my hair so I looked like I'd have a different hairdo, like I'd have a short like Dorothy Hamill thing. I was embarrassed. And um and they used to make uh, uh Lisa or her that's what you call her, Lisa and I do the same commercial. And to decide who they wanted better, who they thought was better. So they, we'd watch the other one do the exact same commercial for a hundred takes. Then they'd put me in and do a hundred takes. So Lisa and I got really sick of this. And so one day we were like, you know what? There's a McDonald's across the street. We're going to go over there and get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Love it. It's just kind of creepy that they were pitting us against each other. Like we were having no part of that as young actresses at the time. So it, it, it was funny to sh- for her to show up again in Back to the Future 2 and Three, right, right. So that's the, we were just thinking how funny that is that you guys would be crossing paths like that again. And, and really – 
if you sit there and try to ask yourself, you know, who are the actors and actresses that defined a decade? Elizabeth Shue, Leah Thompson, you guys are the 80s. You go to actors and you're having a conversation about Michael J. Fox. You're having a conversation about Tom Cruise. John Candy. Yeah, John Candy. You know, the, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. yeah, and Molly Ringwald. So that, that <laughs> short list. And I think uh, for our fans on the show, to say that they adore the two of you would be the grossest understatement. As geeked and fanboyish as we might seem, we've taken a ton of tranquilizers to calm ourselves down before we got on the Zoom with you. But yeah, our, it's the power couple. Uh, you yeah. guys really are. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's so exciting <laughs> just to, to be able to chat power. with you. The power 80s couple. Yes, there is 100%. 100%. Oh, did you know that, honey? No, I never knew that. Wow, that's so cool. So I got one I got one question. Did you guys ever have the over the top Keith and Amanda kind of date when you guys were first dating? Did you ever go to an empty opera house and you know just look into each other's eyes? Well, that's a good question. No, no. What what was our first? Uh, Howie, Howie's up for. He's like afraid of like the big gesture for sure. Like you, but you're. I, I, I took. I, I went reverse psychology because I was so honestly intimidated. Didn't think I really had a chance. So I just kept trying to say, well, maybe you know, it would be good for you to get back together with uh, Dennis because I thought maybe that. Did. That's what he did on my first day. Yeah, Taking I was kind notes. of protecting myself from the rejection of it. That I knew it was coming any minute. But uh, uh, luckily for me, it didn't work. So no, I don't remember where we went. We might have gone to. It was that place. It was that. It was an Italian restaurant upstairs, like on on Third Avenue or something, right by the antique store where you bought this diamond. Um, no, and- we went to. What we did do is we went. I had a house in the Sheffield in the Berkshires because I'm from New York, and and we went there, and that's where I got Leah's engagement ring in this tiny little place called the Mahawi Jewelers. And um, and then I asked her, I said, I asked her, I proposed to her and then I choked and they had to give me the Heinlich maneuver. Oh, no you're way. kidding me. No way. That's a grand yeah. gesture. That yeah. counts as a grand gesture. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I tell the story way better. OK, so we were watching Demi Moore and Bruce Willis. She was pregnant on this TV this big in his little little house with the mice running across our feet. And I started to cry. And he goes, why are you crying? And I go, because look at her. She's got everything. Like She's got a baby. She's married. It's never going to happen. I felt really old. It was 25 or 6 or something. And then so Howie, Howie went to this little jewelry store called the Mahawi Jeweler. And he asked for their biggest diamond, which was a one-carat diamond, which is very big, but not by Hollywood standards. And um, so he gave me the ring. He came out of the store, and he handed me the ring, and he goes, here. It was in the bag. Here. Stop crying. I love it. He said, stop crying. (laughs) Stop crying. If Hallmark hasn't stolen that yet, I don't know what they're doing. That that would look great on a card. Happy Valentine's Day. Stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the painted lady, this restaurant, and I was all excited. We called his mom. And so then then when I said to him, I said, honey, so this means we have to set a date. And he got white as a sheet. And he said, what's a date? And I said, an actual date when we get married. And in his mind, it just meant that he I was off his back. So that's when he choked. And you had to get the Heimlich maneuver. But then later I said, get down on your knee and propose to me properly. And he did. And that was very sweet. But, you know, the key, I think the key to our our marriage is that we laugh a lot. And so that's what we tell that funny story, because how he makes me laugh. He's the funniest guy. I know he's such a great he's, his comic timing is unparalleled. It's just because you like me. I'm not that funny. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but tr- uh, truthfully, that all really happened. And um, uh, yeah, no, it all really happened. I don't remember, though. uh I'm trying to remember what happened when the um, it was the painted lady. Yes. But was it that, in fact, that it happened at once you told me what getting yes. engaged really meant? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that sounds right. It's yeah. not the end. It's the beginning. Yeah. 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 You, you, yeah you, you've just started the race. I'm in wedding planning right now. And, Max, Max yeah. just got engaged. What? Three months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Three months oh, ago. Mazel tov. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, then you can relate. Yeah. I got wedding planners. I got bookings. We've seen 15 venues. You know, I tried to warn him. He didn't listen. To I me. told her elope and we can, you know, go to Hawaii and blow all the money on the, from the wedding. She's like, nope, dress. I'm like, OK, <laughs> whatever you want. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that works. Whatever you want works. Yep. Our daughter's getting married. Oh, congratulations. Soon. That's wonderful. 
Our daughter Maddie, yeah, our oldest daughter is getting married. Howie's going to be a puddle. You're going to cry the whole time. Oh, I am in denial already. <laughs> oh, I, so I've um, I have three children. My son is the middle, but I have two daughters, and I never knew I would have daughters. I wasn't prepared to have daughters, and now I can't watch a commercial that shows a father and a daughter dancing at a wedding or anything even close to that with my eyes not welling up. Half the movies I used to love, I can't even watch them anymore. It just it cha- <laughs> it, it fundamentally changes your DNA. Right. Father of the Bride was a fun, cute movie with Steve Martin. And now it just destroys me emotionally and I can't even watch it anymore. So it's uh, that's I I totally feel your pain. But that's wonderful. That's great. Congratulations on your daughter. Thank you. Thanks. It's some kind of wonderful. The funny thing about some kind of wonderful is that song's not in there. Right. Yeah. Can you explain? Yeah. Can you explain? Did you try to put some kind of wonderful in there? Well, he probably spent all of his money on the Rolling Stones songs that you had in there. Yes. Well, no, that that that's the replacement. But um, oh, the Amanda Jones. Amanda yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, you know, we, we we didn't feel. You know, I tried, but it didn't feel didn't really feel right for it, which was upsetting to me because that's the title of the movie. Um, but John never. John didn't really. He. he Part of it was John was brilliant with music. You know, I can't take the bows for most of it. Really was he had a um, connection in London with a, a record store that would send him, you know, early pressings of stuff. And he was so, you know, he just lived for it. And he uh, so a lot of the stuff, like the piece of music in the beginning of some kind of wonderful the beginning sequence was, you know, he he just was an obscure cut off an album he got from that record store, but. Um, with some kind of wonderful on the song, it just didn't seem to fit whatever we did. And there was also that entrepreneurial side of him, which was we had a deal at A&M Records and they kept pushing different stuff. And so it just never really made it in, which was weird um, because he wrote a lot of it was his inspiration came from music like Pretty in Pink. That song really, you know, triggered the writing of the script and so on. Others, too. Uh, Avalon, he had a script called Avalon. He had a lot of those, uh, a lot of scripts based on music titles. Anyway, that's the answer, honey. What I think is interesting is that if you see if you see the DVD of some kind of wonderful, the Rolling Stones aren't in there, right? I didn't know that. It's a cover. Yeah, you couldn't afford it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a cover of Amanda Jones. Oh, so I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's funny. I, I just assumed that it was the. Oh, wait, no, the covers in the movie, too. When you saw the movie in the movie theaters, it was the Rolling Stones. But I, I don't think that you can watch a DVD or a VCR and hear the Rolling Stones. We're gonna have to buy it yeah, tomorrow. We, we will yeah. find out. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, we I'd like totally to find, find out. out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know that you could make that. You, that you had to make that deal. Like you could put it in the. You could pay to put it in the theaters, but once you put it out on a VHS. Let's all email each other. A hundred percent. We, this, this is the type of homework that we live for. So we're happy that you gave it. You know, we, Howard, we had heard us, uh, we, I'd read a story and I'd love to know how close to accurate it is that, um, you and John, when you were working on rewrites and scripts, you, you go on marathons and the one in particular, you were doing a few pages that needed to be cleaned up for some, some kind of wonderful, and you had fallen asleep on a couch and you had woke up and only about five or six pages were supposed to be rewritten. And John showed you 50 pages and you were startled and said, what is this 50 pages? And he said, oh, it's this other movie I came up with from eight o'clock at night until five in the morning called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is that is that close to accurate? Is that true? Absolutely accurate. Oh, my God. That's that is I, that is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And he said, I don't know what this is about. Will you read it and tell me? <laughs> you know, he would write literally it, like, you know, it was just like coming from I was like Salieri, you know, with, with Beethoven. I was like, how did he do that? And it could just he would just write and it would come to him like uh, not planned, just from thin air. He was he had these characters in him and and it wasn't thin air, it was talent. But it was never like you'd have a you know, a pad in front of him with an outline or anything like that. So yeah, he would write and then he'd look look at it and say, Read this, what do you think it's about? Uh Leah, what was the role that you didn't get that you wanted from the eighties? I assume that you were in just the mix and conversation with some of the best movies out there. Or even if you didn't audition for it, maybe a movie you saw in the 80s where you looked at it and said, boy, I would have loved to have had that role. I feel like I was rather very close to getting um, Steel Magnolias. I think it was down to me and her, myself and uh, Julia Roberts. Okay. I remember that audition. 
I, I just, I remember that they were very, very interested in me for Terminator. Um, As Sarah Connor, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, but I blew that audition by, um, driving a really bad car that the, a pacer. Sure. Yeah. The eighties theme car. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was Dennis's cousin's pacer and the, uh, the transmission fluid had leaked out and it was a rainy day and James Cameron's house was downhill and I, the car like slid into knocked down one of his trees and one of his lights, a new tree. So I was really upset about, about that. So I kind of blew my badass audition for that. (laughs) And, uh, so I feel like I was close to that. I mean, I could be wrong, but these are the things I feel like I, I almost got, um, those those would have changed my the trajectory of my life those two parts if I would have gotten I also went to when my audition for Pretty Woman I somehow had gotten the wrong memo because the original script was called 3000 and it was a tragedy oh wow honestly that's different yeah that's a very different movie So somebody didn't really tell me that when I went to the audition, that it was a comedy, which has always seemed weird to me. It's kind of like Hogan's Heroes, you know, like, oh, when you look back on it, you go, that was a concentration camp about a bunch of funny Nazis. Yeah. yeah my, like, How my, did that happen? My mother will uh, die on that hill, that pretty woman. She's like, the plot, I can't get through it. I just can't. No. It, it, and it was written as a tragedy. Yeah, In the end, sure. she was sad and he sent her back to the streets with the $3,000. Oh, God. So I blew that audition. So anyway, enough. I got a lot of great parts. I mean, I, I walked in and I got um, I got Back to the Future, which we just saw. What was it? Tarantino says it's one of the what eight perfect movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. were I mean, you were as it's interesting because you go back. My children adore Back to the Future. It was one of the first movies I introduced them to when I was trying to expand their uh, their their taste to the films that I like. And you are just as Lorraine. Absolutely incredible. In particular, that you have to basically play the older version, the younger version, <clears throat> excuse me, the older version, the younger version. But then the changed older version, when the past gets altered to me is just it's it's range and it's perfectly put and you have amazing chemistry um and George McFly is uh well known for being a very eccentric actor and you guys just locked and did well which is kind of interesting because Eric Stoltz that's kind of the the dig on him as well and from everything i've seen you were kind of the Stoltz whisperer you understood him and you were able to help bridge some of that gap and you got great performances out of him as well yeah. Yeah. No, I I feel like I've been really, really lucky and uh, to be to, to have worked as long as I have. And I'm working harder than I ever have right now at however old I am right now. So um, Howie and I just worked together on the show. He's producing, directing Will Trent, which is on ABC. Um, so as directors, we just work together as directors for the That's first great. time. Is that, but I, I have to jump in and agree. I thought Back to the Future was an Academy Award performance. And I think always when I talk to people about it, they all agree. It's not that I'm biased. So you're right. She was amazing. Amazing. Amazing you, in that part. You, you, you really, I mean, I, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, although I have to admit I'm still starstruck. So I just have to <laughs> apologize for that a million times. But the performances of everyone were incredible. But again, you in particular you were the arc that was followed, right? This, the tension between what would eventually be your son, which is funny. We we've seen that you've done voiceover work on robot chicken, family guy, all the shows that would do American dad, American dad, which I think that you have a good sense of humor about who Mm -hmm. Lorraine is and who you are is also so much part of your charm, but it was, it was a, a wonderful role. I mean, it was to this day, it holds up and it's just fun to watch. And Howard, I would ask kind of the same question to you. What's the movie from specifically the eighties that, you saw and just loved and said, boy, I wish that, that I got my hands on that. That would have been a fun one to do, um, which might be hard to say since you've already done some of, in my opinion, the best movies of the 80s. But was there one in there that you just looked at and said, boy, this would have been I would have loved to. Yeah, I on was that. almost talked to about I kind of had a shot at Working Girl. Oh, no. Uh, that's a great before movie. they went to, before they went to Mike Nichols. And ironically, it just occurred to me it would have been that or some kind of wonderful. So, oh, look so, at that. You made the right choice. You made the right <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah, I made the right choice. But, but you know, I'm not, it, it wasn't offered to me officially. It was just that my agent was starting to say, well, they'd like to, well, there's this movie, 
and they want to maybe talk to you about it. And then I had a, I went, but isn't that right in the same slot? And so anyway, that movie would be one to answer your question. Yeah. We didn't think you'd say Weekend at Bernie's, but we just had to ask, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. We love it. So oh my God. We refer yeah. to ourselves as Trash Pandas, the polite name for raccoons, because we will go into the 80s dumpster. And while we certainly love a nice filet or uh, or a beautiful five-star dinner, we also will eat garbage. Yeah, and, all the and, police uh, academies, oh, we just, we, we, Cherry 2000, yeah, we love all that stuff. All those movies. From oh, nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Huge Melanie Griffin crash. Yeah. So cool. The coolest car ever, too. The Mustang with the big wheels. It was just awesome. I I think I auditioned for that. Um, I have a trashy movie I'm sure you've never seen. Oh, okay. that's a challenge. You're giving us a challenge. We'll see. It's called Going Undercover. I made it right before Back to the Future. No. No. But yeah. we're, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, we're going to go find Going Undercover. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what's it about? Um, I It's some kind of like caper where um, Chris... Um, What's what was his name, honey? Walter Matthau uh, and Chris Lemon. Yeah, Chris Lemon and I. Chris Lemon is a private eye who's supposed to t- take care of me, and I'm a rich girl, and I have a lot of bikini stuff going on. And we run around in Denmark for some reason. Awesome. Um, and where right I did my own. <laughs> I did. I did my, my own stunts on this old a roller coaster that was made out of wood, and. It was actually like run by a guy in a car at the at the back and everyone was really drunk. And I like had to fall over the roller coaster as it went downhill. I I, honestly I might never have seen this movie, but it's called (laughs) Going Undercover on the on the poster. They gave me really big boobs. So, well, that's as the 80s was 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 kind of an 80s thing. That sounds like an 80s thing. So that's great. And, And and the wildlife. It, that's a, not a great movie, The Wildlife. You know, though, we and, and I think this is I I hope this is part of the charm. The people that listen to our show, um, I think anytime that someone puts their puts themselves out there artistically to do anything, we have mm. a, a good degree of respect for what they're doing. Yeah, and the eighties tried a bunch of things. The eighties were <laughs> they were pioneers, and some of the stuff fell a little flat. But overall, it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and we you know our dedication to that era of film, and we're just blown away. We we hear from people who. They've got their 10-year-old children watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, doctors in India talked to us about like – All over the country. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. It, it was, it's just really fascinating. And like I said, you guys are 80s royalty, so this will be really exciting for the fans of the show to, to get to hear from your own lips all this wonderful stuff that you're talking about. Well, I have a lot of fun too because I get to direct the Goldbergs a lot. And so I that's saw that, like, yeah. I do that a lot and they're always putting in – they, they, you know, part of that is they pay the money for a great song. Like I got to do the take on me video. Oh, aha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Try to copy that video. It's really cool. Look, look at it on YouTube what I did with it. Like and it was the last um, the last show that George Siegel did before he passed away. Oh, OK. And he's he's one. You know, do you remember that take on me? Yeah. There were the weird guys with wrenches chasing. Yeah. So that's what George Siegel did. But. Yeah, YouTube, and it's really, I was really proud of that little yeah, bit. Yeah, you did a great job on that. Thank oh, we you. will for sure. Now that we watch, I love the Goldbergs. It's uh, again, it's we get all the warm, fuzzy feelings from all the throwbacks and the mentions of movies that we're familiar with. Uh, I'm 44, and Max, how old are you? 37. 37. So I, I definitely was in the thick of the 80s movies. Max has been crash coursing since we started the podcast. Three, three 80s movies a day for two years now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a good diet. Yeah, right? It, it keeps, well, keeps us fit. <laughs> so before we wrap up, and again, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. Is there any projects that you're working on that you want to make your fans aware of? Because trust me, your fans are listening to our show. So what do you got going on that we can send them to? Howie, what are you doing? I'm uh, directing a show called Will Trent. Uh, in Atlanta, that's on ABC on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock or ten o'clock, and it's a hit. And Howie did two and three, and I I um, directed one of Howie's Will Trents that's going to be on soon um, Tuesday, and I'm also directing a great show called uh, Resident Alien, and I directed two Goldbergs, which should be on soon. And I also have a new show that just started on Friday in Canada that I'm starring in called The Spencer Sisters, and it will be coming to America soon. 
but I can't tell you where or when. But um, it's a great show, and I'm I'm starring in it, so it's fun to kind of be back acting. That's, it's a great, great. It's a really great show. We have yeah. a huge Canadian base of fans, so they are going to be spoiled with getting access to it before our American friends do. But they are going to dig right into that. So that's that's great to hear that you're acting. And let's not forget also the petition for uh, the Howard the Duck remake, which as soon as we get that rolling, we're going to make sure that that gets taken care of as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we just want small parts in it. You know, like uh, we could be uh, extra ducks. I want to be Tim Robbins character. I just want to be, yeah. I want to be, I want to be, learn duck foo. I want to be like the sensei that teaches duck foo. It'll, okay, be, it'll be quacktastic. It'll be great. <laughs> um, thank you guys again so much. And by the way, I just want to say, I love how supportive you guys are of each other. You guys are just definitely your best, like your biggest fans of each other. So it's just, it's incredible to hear you guys just be, it's what I want to strive for in my marriage when I'm older. So I appreciate it guys. I love Good luck on that. Yeah, yeah I know. thank you. I'm I'm going to strive for that in my second marriage. I think I've already ruined the ability to do it. I, my wife would my wife would not call me the most supportive person. But number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it right. I can feel it. It's never too late. Anyway, thank you, you guys. No, it's nice thank to you. Have you. Both have been thank so gracious so with your time. Have a wonderful Sunday and enjoy your week. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Take care. Bye. Bye, honey. Well, Max. Uh, woo! They are our best friends now. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I, I am emotionally exhausted right now because we're about to watch the, the Super Bowl. I don't care. I said the best 40 minutes. Yeah. Of my life. Patrick Mahomes could, you know, throw for 900 yards. Don't care. They are the nicest people ever. I love. Like I said, they're supportive of each other. They're just like, you nailed it. No, you nailed it. You yeah. Did such a good, I'm so proud of you because you're such a spaz and you did like a wonderful job on that interview. I really want all credit to you. I'm also in the best mood ever because we just literally met two of our idols, like legit idols. If people think that we're making this up. No, you, you can't host an 80s show about movies and not pray at the altar of Howard Deutsch. Howie. Yeah. I, I slipped into that a couple <laughs> times. I felt like I could call him the Howie. other Howard remember? and Leah and Leah Thompson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, and they're like the friendliest and they're part of that pop culture that we basically worship. You know what I mean? Worship is the right word. Yeah. So, I mean, like you talk about the 10 most influential like movies, actresses and like just kind of pop culture things of the era. They hit three to five of them. Just by each of them. That is the perfect. This is the perfect Valentine's Day episode because what you just heard is two people for three decades who have been madly in love with each other. They missed each other. They were on the other side of the world. They're like, hello. You and I have enough information to do a separate episode on some kind of wonderful which we didn't even get to touch half of our facts i'm okay with that that's fine i say right now we go over to our buzz in the tower fan spotlight and we wrap this bad boy up because i am not going to be able to outdo that interview today's buzz in the tower fan spotlight is donnie who has got an incredible instagram page vice period underscore period like a smiley face oh good call i'm so stupid yeah it's not really a flat face flat face face. yeah so vice period underscore period club vice club all things 80s donnie is a master of the era he's got everything from uh, tony montagna to uh john claude van damme jvdc niner 2635 (laughs) miami vice stuff a lot of miami vice stuff yeah he loves himself lambos sunsets synthwave vibes the 80s were great you know what's great he doesn't know that we brought on these guests for the show. Oh, we didn't tell him. No, oh, no we didn't tell anyone because we were afraid they weren't going to come. Yeah, on. yeah. So he, I was like, I got surprised. He was like, I can't wait. He has no idea. Oh, he's going to lose his mind. Yeah. All right. I want to hear what Donnie had to say about. You just asked him. Tell us what how you feel about some kind of wonderful. Yeah. Let's hear what he had to say. Hello, Buzz in the Tower, and all the Buzz in the Tower listeners. This is Donnie from Vice Club. Thank you, Mo and Max, for having me on here as a guest spotlight for your some kind of wonderful podcast. What a terrific choice to overview this movie. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think, uh, not just because it's fantastic, but also because it's arguably the underdog of 80s teen uh, movie canon, not just from John Hughes, but I think in general. Um, but it has so much going for it and so many John Hughes token qualities that we know and love. It's got the deep characterization and relatability. It's got the witty dialogue and memorable one-liners, the melodrama, the sweet romance, the teen angst. Maybe it's the most angsty out of all of them. It's got the soundtracks, always superb soundtracks, but the songs on here and even the 80s keyboard score throughout, which is just really tasty. Then you've got the zeitgeist 80s style and fashion and bold aesthetic, which really captures each film. I feel really, you can almost tell which year it was made just by that alone, which I just love. Um, 
so stylish, um, but with substance. And I think where it differs um, some kind of wonderful um, from the others, and I think from its flip side, I feel like some kind of wonderful is the moody blue flip side to pretty and pink. Um, it still has lighthearted moments, uh, particularly from Duncan, the tough guy with the heart of gold, and Watts, who's such a character and definitely my favourite character, and in my favourite scenes, one of them being the intro with her drumming, which just catapults you into the movie and uh, the whole setup and just gets you pumped to see it. Um, but yeah, it's there's a tension, there's a minimalism uh, running throughout. Uh, which I think is a different take, and I think a lot of people favour that. Uh, some, you know, I've read some people say this is their favourite of the John Hughes and even 80s teen movies, so maybe that's why, but I think it also provides the ending, which is, I think, another one of my favourite scenes. Those two really bookmark it nicely out of the many um, scenes that I enjoy. Pretty, You know, all of them, really, where, you know, Keith and Watts, finally get together and also amanda jones she has her own story arc as well where she doesn't she definitely doesn't have to be with hardy uh the horrible bully um but she doesn't have to be with keith either and uh, i think keith is refreshing as a lead being shy quiet and introvert that's that's good to see but he stands up for himself which is a common and i think much needed trope uh and inspiring in any movie um the dad's so good in it. Even Keith's middle sister has her own sort of uh, coming of age where she's, you know, fighting, has typical fights with her older brother, but then she ultimately looks out for him and cares for him in the end and realises maybe popularity isn't everything. Um, yeah, there's so much more to say, but I think I've run over <laughs> as it is. Thank you so much again. Uh, look forward to hearing more, and I wish you guys all the best with the next one. Listen to that smooth-sounding voice. What a, I, I'm telling you, man, accents do it for me. Yeah. Well, he just got a confidence to him. He goes, it's really hard to do this. That, sound, that sounded seamless. Yeah, I agree with you. It really, his his assessment of the movie is great. A blue I, or pretty and pink. I love that. Well, no, and here's what it is. It's the gender swap but of it, pretty and pink. It hits more, emo like, it doesn't go into the parody uh, John Hughes vibe, like the 16 Candle stuff. This no. Is, this is more serious. I already, I told you, this is my favorite romantic film and I don't even call it a rom-com because I don't feel the comedy as much but Donnie you did an outstanding job uh, explaining the entire film and what you loved about it and I hope you're excited to hear that your episode that you're speaking on it's you Leah Thompson Howard Deutsch the trifecta forever forever you guys are merged at the hip yeah you want to like show off to your friends be awesome. like I am part of the 80s love it we are part of the 80s now we, we did it I am 80s <laughs> Do mo, do mo enter. One mo leave. That doesn't make any sense. Dead or alive, I'm the 80s. <laughs> That's a tattoo you That's need. That's a great tattoo. Max, what a, I am, are you, I'm like a little fired I'm up. I'm a little fired up I'm right schwitzen. now. Uh, what a great episode. So in conclusion of this episode, a couple things. Number one, if you haven't already, subscribe, leave a five-star review, follow us, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. BuzzintheTower.com is our website. You can grab our merch there. It's so choice. If you want to go the extra mile, head on over to Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. Before I forget, Brian Koss. You should know that name because a long time ago, I gave you photos of a buddy of mine from high school who looks exactly like Billy Zapka and for Halloween dresses up as Johnny. Yeah. He's got a beautiful family. He's a wonderful dude. Went to high school with him. He is the one who connected me with Deutsch and Thompson and made this whole thing happen. Huge shout out to Brian. Thank you so much. He's a very talented cinematographer. Sweet the leg, bro. He's in the biz. And again, more importantly, he is a Billy Zapka stunt double. So let's hire him bodyguards. So he just thinks he gets to be Johnny for a day. I think he's already doing well. I don't know if he needs us to hire him. So we probably won't do that. Another huge thank you <laughs> to Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch, our new best friends, were showing up on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. So be ready for that. Yo, shout out our videographer, too. He yes, was awesome. he was. Did a great job today. Max, I, I don't even know how to end this. I'm going to go to you. Any last words? And how do you want to end this wonderful, wonderful episode? So I got two things. I want, I want one quote from some kind of wonderful. Well, why do I have to explain myself? I don't know. No. <laughs> 
It's better to swallow pride than blood. That was how I was going to end it. Yeah. That's really good. But it doesn't have to do with this episode. This episode was like joy. It like, was. Yeah. Can I give you mine? And wait, the other thing is. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> suck it because Howard the Duck lives on. And uh, people. I know. And do, you it, think, do you think she'll go back and listen to our back catalog about how much I hate that movie? <laughs> yeah. I Well, she'll hear how much I love it. You do love it. So yeah. we offset it. It's okay. When yeah. I told her my birthday gift was that we got to do an episode, she gave me the little like mom clap. Thing. I know. It was so I know. Cute. Well, and I think I offset it by letting Howard Deutsch know that I pray at the altar of the great outdoors. Yeah. Like I, and you know how I feel about that movie. Yeah, you're a Chet. I'm Roman, sadly. Max, my conclusion? Can I do a musical conclusion? Sure. At the end of this movie, there is a cover of the Elvis Presley song, Can't Help Falling in Love, that's played during the end credits. I leave you with a sample of that music. I wish you a wonderful week. And boy, what an episode. I'll see you next week, buddy. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.